Hello everyone, my name is Gareth Rafferty and welcome back to the Building from the Bottom podcast. Today, as promised, we have a guest. His name is Tom Ross and he is a serial entrepreneur, CEO and podcaster. He reached out to me, I met him through LinkedIn and he asked to be on this podcast and after looking through his LinkedIn profile, he looked like an amazing person to come on and speak to you guys. So Tom, I'm going to give you one minute and I want you to explain your journey from starting to become a CEO and starting a business up to right where you are now. Tom starts whenever you're ready. Amazing. Well, first of all, thank you so much for having me on, Gareth. Absolute pleasure. And I love what you're doing with the show and the whole concept of it. Uh, so I've been dabbling in entrepreneurship since I was about 12 years old. There have been a ton of ventures, failures, uh, trial and error along the way, uh, all of which led me to start my current company, which is Design Cuts. Uh, we're a community of over 400,000 creatives and as well as educating and inspiring them, we also equip them with the tools they use day to day, like fonts, graphics, templates, all those things to make uh, the life of a creative or designer easier. We uh, equip them with those at the most affordable prices out there. Um, I'm also starting to get into just mentoring and helping as many fellow entrepreneurs as I can as my side hustle, as my hobby, because I am super, super passionate about that as well. Amazing. That's amazing. And you, you did actually still have 10 seconds left. So you, you did quite nice. Yes. <laughs> and normally I'm, I'm like the least concise person in the world because I can talk about this stuff forever. Yeah, I really get that. So when did you first realize that you wanted to become a CEO and you wanted to start your own company and get into the entrepreneur lifestyle? I've never actually had a traditional job unless you count working at Waitrose stacking shelves for three Saturdays in a row before I quit. Um, so I tend not to count that. So I, I generally say I've never had a traditional job. Um, and in that sense, I've always been self-employed uh, or entrepreneurial in some way since I was a kid. Like I said, I started super young, 12 years old, um, and did everything from like freelance designing, uh, running blogs, flipping websites, learning affiliate income, um, just all kinds of stuff. And I view that work as um, so formative, but it's very different from my life now as a CEO, you know, running a full-time team scaling a proper company is completely different leagues from that early work but i couldn't have got to what i'm doing today without all of that dabbling and trying and learning and, and failing along the way so w was there a moment for you that you just kind of realized that you were an entrepreneur i think honestly always um and i know maybe that sounds like a bit of a cliche answer but I've never been that great at being told what to do and I've always tried to uh, create or invent something. I, w I was never the kid at school who was like given a problem that had a set answer and I had to solve it. That for me is very boring because I feel like someone's already solved it and I'm just tracing over their work. Um, I always enjoyed art or creative writing and that kind of thing because um, what excited me is you would start with nothing and you could turn it into something amazing. <clears throat> and that tends to be how I think about business. I often give the example that um, Da Vinci, you know, started with a blank canvas and created the Mona Lisa. And in the course of doing that changed the world. 
And that's how I think about business because, you know, we could be on this chat right now and suddenly you get a thunderbolt moment and an idea. And in five years time, 10 years time, you could have changed the world based on an idea that just popped in your head if you execute it right. Yeah, I, I definitely know what you mean about um, the creative side of that and what you said about the Mona Lisa. I never thought of it like that. Um, so that's a, a really great concept. So where you currently are, Design Cuts, was that your first business that you started or one of many? Uh, one of many in some form or another. Um, this has definitely been the most proper business, but before I'd always been uh, self-employed and whether that, as I say, I, I freelanced for a while and I kind of count that as a business. Um, I ran a blog and had a membership uh, area as part of that. So that was a business. But for example, with the blog, I, I was running that solo and my team were essentially part-time remote people who were producing content for me, like guest authors. So I, I learned a little bit about managing people with that, but this was very much like jumping into the deep end, hiring full-time staff, HR, like contracts, just all, all the real kind of proper business stuff. I've just had to kind of learn on the job uh, through doing this company. And so how did you find that first year of going through things like branding, finding out to like how to officially set it up with the government um, through to the financial aspect and bringing in your first few customers. What, what do you think was the hardest part? It, it was all hard. I mean, I need to give credit where credit's due. I have five uh, co-directors and shareholders in the company with me. So whilst I'm the, uh, the main kind of founder and, and owner, I guess I, I worked, um, I was the only one who was full time for quite a while, but the shareholders were there in a supportive capacity. Some of them run a bigger corporate. And so through that, they would help with stuff like, uh, office space initially, uh, some HR bits, payroll, that kind of thing. And I suck at that stuff. I'm really, really bad at it. And thank goodness we've got a fantastic FD um, who's one of the directors for example and and I can focus on other things which I'm better at so that that would definitely be a tip like if you can outsource or partner with someone who can handle the side which you perhaps um, aren't that confident with however aside from a few supportive bits like that I did do virtually everything in that first year and what that looked like on the ground level was working 18 hours a day seven days a week for nearly 18 months. And I've documented this in my own content, but that was absolutely relentless. So I, um, I ended up putting myself in the hospital through doing this. I, I burnt myself into the ground so much that I ended up undergoing major stomach surgery. And then on the back of that, uh, the recovery to that was uh, being chronically ill for two years and trying to hold the company together through this entire ordeal. So it was really, really rough. And when I was doing the whole 18 hour day thing, over a hundred hours a week, um, I was doing, you know, the negotiating with suppliers and signing them up and putting together products and customer service and 
just every job you can imagine, like dozens and dozens of jobs, which we now have full-time members of staff for, I was kind of jumping between all of them. Um, at one point I was even doing our accounts and doing a horrendous job. I mean, I'd pay everyone on time. Um, but I would literally just have these, like, I don't even think I had a spreadsheet. I think I had a word document where I just had a list of like what people were owed. And now we've got like a robust account system and everything's gone really scalable and RFD's got 25 years experience. But in those early days, I had to kind of prove the concept and get it off the ground. So yeah, I was kind of doing everything um, in that capacity. And luckily we got traction from day one because we had a great product market fit. We had a good launch, we got it all off the ground. Um, and it just grew like a rocket. So it went from nothing uh, with no investment to seven figures in the first year, which was wow. pretty crazy. Um, and so alongside all the hard work, it was more or less trying to hold on for dear life and uh, do my best not to screw it up along the way. <laughs> yeah, I definitely get that. So with you going into hospital and everything, do you ever wish that you didn't do those 18 hour days? Yeah, I've been asked this a few times. It's really tough. Um, it's tough to answer because I think what a lot of people are doing now is they build a successful business through ridiculous amounts of hard work. And then they come out the other side and say, oh, hard work's bad. You need work-life balance and that kind of thing. Um, but they probably know full well they wouldn't be in the position they're in without hard work. So... I recognize the hard work is necessary, but what I, what I try and encourage now is to work incredibly hard if you're ambitious, but to find your sweet spot. I, the hardest you can work without sacrificing your health um, or burning yourself into the ground to the point you're useless to yourself and everyone else. And so in hindsight, um, for example, I was just being a control freak. I was trying to do everything and we didn't hire for the first 10 months that we were in operation, which is ridiculous, especially given the growth of the business. Um, and it, even that first time hire um, was part-time, didn't even get someone full-time at that point. And that's nuts. So if I could go back and do it all again, you know, I would have hired straight away um, much more aggressively. I, that would have let me scale out and work smarter, but you can only work you know, much smarter um, when you've got the experience and I, I didn't have as much experience back then. What I had was fire in my belly and passion and drive and hard work and some skills under my belt, but I didn't have experience of scaling a company rapidly. And so a lot of the stuff I know now, I wish I could tell my former self, but equally I wouldn't be the person I am now had I not had these, um, these experiences, you know, they have shaped who I am as a person and as an entrepreneur. And I think, um, to a degree, we all need to go through sacrifice. We all need to go through struggle to really taste what's on the other side. Um, I just don't want anyone to end up in hospital and take it quite that far. Yeah. That's something I've been told recently multiple times from various different people that I need to balance better. But then I think in regards to the work-life balance, everyone has their own sweet spot as you called it because to one person it may look like you're working ridiculously hard but then to another you're working not enough in a way yeah. and so I, I really 
I really think that everyone does have that different sweet spot. Yeah, I think um, what people need to realize is they need to stop listening to influencers and trying to map their life to this person they look up to because we're all individuals and we're all different. So the same way I know as a person, I need quite a lot of sleep. I really don't function well on even like six hours sleep. Yeah. I feel terrible. I, I very much need like eight or nine. But there's some people I know who can have four to five and genuinely feel great. So we're all different genetically. And the example I often give is, um, I know that I can never be the world's strongest man or the world's fastest man. I'm not going to be Usain Bolt. I'm not going to be Eddie Hall. Um, And I would never really try to be because I would kill myself trying and I still wouldn't get close. And so when people look up to people like Gary Vaynerchuk um, as, you know, this great hustler and this hard worker, yes, it's really motivational, but it's really dumb to try and mimic his lifestyle because he might quite possibly be um, the most genetically gifted hustler in the world. So he might be able to do 18 months, uh, sorry, 18 months, 18, um, 18 hours a day for the rest of his life. And maybe he's just got the constitution that he can hold that together physically and mentally. But for me, that put me in hospital. And for other people, they might not be able to do it for longer than a week. And so that's why I think that sweet spot is so crucial because now I look at it and I think, well, I can do about 12 hours a day of hard work seems to be my sweet spot. If I go 13, 14, 15, that's when I start to creak and I start to, um, to burn out and it's the whole law of diminishing returns. But just because my sweet spot is 12 hours for you, it might be nine hours for some people. It might be five hours for other people. They might be good at 14 hours. So you just have to be self-aware enough to kind of realize what you're capable of. And if you start to break and burn out, actually pay attention to that and don't just blindly power through, which is what I did. Yeah. That's something I've been trying to be a lot more self-aware about because my kind of entrepreneurial journey really started officially about a year ago. And I saw people like Gary Vaynerchuk um, and he was talking about how many hours he was working during his 20s and at the time I was 19 and I think especially because of my age as well I was very well I I was influenced easily Mm -hmm. so I started working a lot more and working quite late into evenings I've always been that morning person and just through mainly reading, I've realized that it's, for me, isn't sustainable. S- some days I have better days than others. Um, but I, and like I can run on five to six hours sleep, but in the long term, I don't want to damage my health because my health and a person's health is all they've got really, isn't it? nothing's more important honestly like my business when I was chronically sick and I was in the midst of it I thought I was never going to get better because it was lasting for so long not showing any sign of improvement and I I thought I I was like an 80 year old man at this point by the way I could barely stand up I was just I lost all this weight I was shaking I I was seriously ill I was bed bound for part of it um and I thought I was going to be like that for the rest of my life um because I hustled like how ridiculous is that 
And what really scares me and the advice I'd give to you and any other young entrepreneurs out there is put your health first um, and work hard. But I just, I, I can see like a swell of terrible physical and mental health issues around the corner because I feel like a lot of people are getting into this movement um, more recently. Whereas I got into it six years ago, um, I feel like fast forward a year, two years, three years, and there's going to be people in a really, really bad way. And like me, they just didn't see it coming or they didn't heed the warnings because people were telling me, you need to slow down. This isn't sustainable. And you're on, especially when it starts working and you start seeing business results, it becomes like an addiction. It's like the harder I work, the better I do. And the better I do, the harder I work. And it goes round and round and round. And, and so people were telling me to stop and I was like, no, screw you. Like, you know, just cause you can't do it, I can, and I'm going to keep doing it. And, and it's, um, it's a really damaging mindset. And I think what is kind of healthier is, um, as an entrepreneur, consistency, patience, um, a lot of the things which Gary Vaynerchuk and other people preach. And I'm, I'm not kind of, um, I'm not trying to tear him down at all with this. I think in his case, the man's a genius in many regards and, um, and hard work is absolutely necessary, but I, I pay attention to other things. What, what about putting one foot in front of the other every day? What about showing up every day um, where others would quit and, and persisting and caring about your community and providing value? A lot of those things are things that I've internalized from him and others and my own experiences, and, and they're at the forefront of what I do. Um, so we all need to kind of own our different aspects of entrepreneurship. For me, I'm never going to be the work 19 hours a day guy. I'm, I'm more the build, you know, unbelievable engagement by caring about your community and bringing them value guy. That's kind of what I'm getting known for. Yeah. I really get that. What was there for you once you got out of the hospital and you were starting to get back on your feet, was there ever any point that you thought about working a bit harder again and starting to get back into that routine of working ridiculous hours every day? Yep. About 5,000 times because <laughs> it was so ingrained in my nature that I'd, I'd be seriously ill. And then I'd have like half a day of starting to feel somewhat better and think, Oh, I'm feeling pretty good. And I'd instantly jump back into the same old pattern. And so it'd be like one step forward, five steps back. And I did that over and over again, like an idiot, because I was so desperate just to push it forward and, and keep going. And it was only through, um, I had to, had to work with a, di a dietitian and then a personal trainer to build my physical health back. But I also uh, went to therapy and had to work through that for about a year to kind of undo this unbelievably intense, like workaholic mindset, which I drilled into myself and and when I say drilled into myself, I was like binge listening, Gary Vee and others getting my, uh, my thing off the ground. I'd be there working until four in the morning, fall asleep on my keyboard, pick my head up by my hair and slap myself around the face, put in uh, his early stage video of like screaming about hustle. And looking back, it's almost like a form of self-torture. And something my therapist would say to me routinely is that I seem to lack any kind of self-compassion. So I'd be really nice to like our team and our community and our customers and always try and treat them well. But if I like couldn't hit these ridiculous highs or keep going, then I'd massively beat myself up about it and treat myself really badly in the process. 
yeah that's that's something which i'm trying to improve myself really is just being a bit more nicer to myself because often it's very easy to be nice to everyone else but then to be nice to yourself can sometimes be a lot harder massively i mean let's play out like what's no matter how small what are some achievements that you've had recently or little breakthroughs or milestones or anything um I got out, I kind of got my head out of being stuck and not moving my business forward to now starting to look for clients and learning a bit more about sales, which for me took too long um, because I've been trying to start a business for the past nine months and it hasn't really, I've been knocked back a lot. Mm -hmm. So that's something that happened for me. Amazing. So that is worth celebrating. Yeah. Right. It's so easy just to plow forward with the the blinkers on, but that is like real progress that you've made. And it sounds like you're finding clarity. You're getting outside your comfort zone. Those are the types of things where if your friend told you they'd done it, you'd be like, "Oh, good for you, mate." That's a real step forward. Yeah. But we never tend to tell ourselves that. Yeah. Definitely. Definitely. I completely agree. So going back to the very beginning, what do you think drove you initially to start Design Cuts? What put all that fuel in your fire in order to make you want to work those 18-hour days? I Honestly, it was like the culmination of everything that went before because when I was learning uh, business and online marketing, there's a lot of bad advice out there and there still is. Yeah. Uh, in fact, I think most of most advice for entrepreneurs out there is pretty bad. Um, and so I had really had to go through a lot of trial and error and find eventually some better business mentors and better content to learn the good stuff. And along the way I'd had all this, these various ventures, but a lot of them had kind of Frankenstein by me bolting on, um, you know, various things, some of which didn't sit that well with me. And so at the point where I started my company, I felt like I'd done so many things and I'd learned so much and I was finally landing upon so much clarity that I was just raring to go because I thought from day one, I can do it right. I finally felt confident enough to do that. Whereas I'd been running my blog for, uh, must have been over five years at this point. And over the five years, I developed so much, but there were so many little remnants of me messing up or getting something wrong or bits I wasn't happy with. So for me, it was really exciting to have a blank slate. And so when I started Design Cuts, like I say, I just sprinted into it with absolute clarity, knowing how this stuff should work, what I had to do. And, and thankfully, you know, it did work. It, it kind of took off well from day one. Yeah. I bear in mind that I've been doing it since I was 12. So you said you've got into this, um, a year ago, I've been doing this for 18 years and I still feel like I'm learning an absolute ton every day and I'm still making mistakes and I still feel like I'm only just getting started truthfully. Yeah. Yeah. I, I really get that. There's a lot of people 
like larger entrepreneurs that talk about things like being young and selling lemonade at a lemonade stand were you that type of child Mm, yes and no i was never like that ruthless um when i was a really young kid (laughs) there were a few bits like um i decided to start a restaurant in my brother's bedroom with him when we were growing up which basically involved running down to the fridge stealing food out the fridge that our parents had bought and then like branding up the restaurant creating menus and then inviting our parents up to be the first guests of the restaurant and then selling them their own food back to them um and the menu was something like ham and cheese sandwiches cheese and ham sandwiches ham sandwiches cheese sandwiches and they indulged it initially so they were like here's a bit of pocket money and yes we'll have a sandwich please and then i I guess the uh, entrepreneur in me was like man, this is a great business model. So I started trying to like triple our prices because I was like, oh, this is really easy. And our margins are unbelievable because we don't have to pay for ingredients. And then uh, soon after that, they were like, yeah, this has to stop. <laughs> stop stealing our food. Uh, yeah, I really got that. How about you? <laughs> I've never really experienced that. I've only recently um, realized that starting a business might be the path for me. What inspired that out of interest? So I, I'll tell you a bit about my story. Mm-hmm. I recently, well, fairly recently, about two years ago, I had work experience at my local council and half of it was digital marketing and half of it was designing. And I enjoyed the design part but the digital marketing part, not so much. And I bet you're now questioning yourself, but why are you a social media marketer? Mm -hmm. I went to university and wanted to study marketing. And whilst I was there, I had a module which was introduction to digital marketing. And all I basically had to do, it was very, it was a very easy module. All I had to do was gain a few followers on Twitter Bearing in mind at this point, I didn't really have a personal brand because I was always the type of person that would be on Facebook, but never post and never respond to anything and only use it for messaging and to snoop on other people's lives. <laughs> and I never watched YouTube. I, I was never the type of person that used to fan fanboy over anything. And then... Oh, sorry. I've just seen on your LinkedIn... You were an intern at Social Chain. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll come on to that bit. Okay, a huge fan of Steve Bartlett for the record. <laughs> Pardon? I, I, I'm a big fan of Steve Bartlett. Yeah, yeah, he's really cool. I, okay, I, I need to pick your brain about this, <laughs> if you don't mind at some point. Um, yeah, so I, I did that module, and I really enjoyed building my personal brand and learning mm-hmm. more about personal branding. And then from that, I basically got told go on LinkedIn it's a business platform and I went on and I nearly didn't go on because it took so long to set up a profile and then once I had a profile I started posting and that platform it just came to me I just knew how to work my way around it and knew how to get engagement Mm -hmm. and on that platform I realized that it, was, it wasn't really a business platform. It was more 
a platform to meet people more more like a, a networking platform and a learning platform more than a business platform and so i within being on by like three months i met a guy named brian shulman who is known as the godfather of linkedin and he's been on since the beginning and he knows a lot of influential people on the platform and then my passion just grew and i I taught myself more things about social media. I expanded to Instagram. I started this podcast and I've recently even started a YouTube channel. And I wasn't at that point, I wasn't still sure about whether I wanted to join a company or maybe do something else. And I saw all of these innovative companies such as social chain. And I had an internship at a local company um, basically managing their social media and that was at a place called MX Display they do really innovative workspace designs to make mm-hmm. the workspace a bit more enjoyable and all the people were great there I really liked what they stood for but it's like when you're at school and you're trying to fit into a group of people unless they're your friends and you really get on with them you can try for years, but you're never going to fully fit in. Mm-hmm. I realized that at this company and social chain was a business that I really look up to and I love what they do. I love what they stand for. I love their branding, everything. And so I thought I want to try and get work experience here. I will learn something about myself and more about social media and digital marketing. And so I, managed to get through by speaking to a lot of people in the company and by basically adding loads of people and connecting with people on LinkedIn. And then I asked, I just asked a question. It was literally that simple. And I spent four days there. Um, It was meant to be a total of 10 days, but then um, I moved to Madrid and because initially we set out for me to go two days a week for five weeks. But then yeah. after going for two days, they had to knock me back a few weeks because they didn't have any work planned. Um, and then I went the second time and then the same thing happened again. And then in order to schedule anything else, I was already in Madrid, um, which was a shame. But being there for those four days... I love the environment. I love the dogs. I love the food, everything. But it, it was just the same. I was trying to fit into a group that wasn't my group. It was someone else's. And mm-hmm. from being at school, that's basically what it felt like, trying to fit into a group of friends that aren't your group of friends. Could, could they not have become your group of friends? Yeah, I, I thought about that. But I don't know. I, I just thought I'd start a business and see how it goes because I've because I grew up in foster care I've always been very independent and I've been okay in my own company um like as in my own presence and so that's kind of why I thought I'll start a company and build my own group of people and try my own thing and see what happens but before that I never thought of it because 
at school I was taught that starting a business is a very big financial risk Mm -hmm. and I, I always used to be the type of person that saved but that's slowly but surely changing yeah I don't think it is a financial risk anymore anyway I think it's um a time investment I think it can be a lot of work but I started my company with no investment and no real upfront cost apart from like buying a domain name yeah that's what I mean uh, especially in if you're running an e-commerce business um a lot of that initial financial risk is gone really mm-hmm. yeah absolutely it's a bit well, as well yeah, good for you. I think it takes a lot of um, a lot of bravery to make that leap, and the fact you're so young and I can see you know you're you're killing it on LinkedIn in a lot of ways. So I'm sure you you know there's a bright future ahead. Yeah, thank you. Um, so what's your opinion? on entrepreneurship do you think it's born or do you think people can learn it mm, it's a good question i think i think perhaps a little bit of both i, I know for me i've always kind of had it in me um but i think there's a difference between having those entrepreneurial tendencies and being a real successful entrepreneur and what I mean by that is for my whole life I know that I've liked creating something from nothing building things up kind of working on my own and and learning these things Um, and that certainly shows some degree of acumen for being an entrepreneur but where I failed for a lot of years is I would live in my head so I would have all these big ideas and I'd be a real daydreamer with it and it wasn't until I learned the power of executing that things finally started to move and just that sheer thing of of doing the work and and putting in the time was such a formative lesson because I went I went the majority of my young life um, I, I would literally be like writing out elaborate business plans for well if I get this many members a day and and you know add a new member each day then in two years i'm going to be a millionaire and yeah that was kind of the fantasy world that i was living in and and i think the only way you learn the practicality is actually by stop living in your head and start doing and putting in the work and then get the harsh reality of oh it's not that easy but i'm actually going to learn along the way by failing so Yeah. yeah to answer your question i think a lot of people have a natural inclination, but equally I've heard interviews with very successful entrepreneurs who didn't grow up with those inclinations. So, um, yeah, I would lean towards, I think it can be learned to some extent, but I also think most people don't have the stomach for it because so many people I talk to, uh, in that dream world, I've got friends who talk at length about great ideas they've had. I get so enthusiastic. I just want to help them get it off the ground. And then after like, a week or two of trying it they just give up and i think that's that's pretty normal that's the that's something that i've realized and i don't know whether you had it in the beginning your brain asks you whether it's really worth it especially in like the first few months for me 
because I kept getting knocked back by people and because I, it was my first ever kind of business and my first experience, I was learning a lot and I was asking a lot of people for advice. And so that also hindered my process. And a lot of the time when things were going really slow and nothing felt like it was moving, I, I did ask myself, well, is it really worth it? Have you, did you experience that at the very beginning? Yeah, and I still do. So before this call, I touched on the fact that I'm now starting my personal brand. I knew that I wanted to, I've been wanting to do this for years, but I knew I wanted to wait until I had the credibility of actually having built a decent sized business before I started teaching people how to do it more. And so, yeah, like I, <laughs> I think it takes unbelievable patience. I am literally in this for the long haul. So with my personal brand on paper, it's so nuts. Like I'm evaporating any spare time I had because I'm just helping people. I'm not getting paid for it. I'm actively turning down getting paid. And then I'm investing my own money to help scale that up. But knowing that I'm not going to see any return for years, like it is literally ridiculous on paper. But I think you need that kind of ludicrous, um, that, that ludicrous just commitment to it where you're doing it because, um, you know, it's like pouring through your veins, this passion to do it. You're doing it because, because it's what you prefer doing to just sitting and chilling out, you know, because it fires you up because you love the process of learning and improving along the way. I think it, it was Steve Jobs who said, like, when you see it on paper, what it actually involves being an entrepreneur, like you'd have to be crazy to want to do it and put yourself through that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like it, it is ludicrous. Like to anyone else who's kind of got that, that more steady career ladder or, or path laid out ahead of them. If you try to pitch them on the dream of being an entrepreneur, it's like, okay, so um, am I allowed to swear on this podcast, by the way? Yeah. Feel free to talk however you like. Okay. Um, so yeah, if, if I pitch this to my friends, I'm like, okay, so I have to work really, really fucking hard every day. I have to go through immense stress and pressure. I have to walk into something that's going wrong every day, something that's on fire. I have to deal with everyone else's problems um, in terms of the team. I have to deal with tremendous amounts of market uncertainty, competition coming at you. Uh, losing sleep over stuff, um, putting in that work with absolutely no guarantee of success. Um, so it's all just investing time and money and effort, um, but with no guarantee of, of a return on that investment. Um, it's, yeah, it, it's going to put you through some pretty bleak times of uncertainty. Uh, it's going to make you incredibly introspective in positive but also negative ways. It's going to isolate you from friends and family at points. Right? The list goes on and on and on. Um, so yeah, on paper, it's, it's pretty crazy. But at the same time, it can um, you know make you more fired up than anything else. Uh, it feels like you literally couldn't go and do anything else because it's what you were put on the earth to do. You're providing jobs and empowering people. You're, you're touching people throughout the globe with um, nothing but what was an inception point of an idea. Uh, it's just, yeah, for me, it's the greatest thing in the world, um, but I'm not blind 
to everything that comes along with it. Yeah. You hopefully, hopefully that makes sense, and it's not too uh, <laughs> too kind of ranty, but yeah, that's just kind of the reality of how I see it. Yeah, it, it really is, and uh, I'm sure if there's any anyone listening to this and they're thinking about entrepreneurship, you may have just scared some people away. <laughs> I, I kind of hope so, to be yeah. honest. Um, I I think <laughs> I think entrepreneurship should naturally attract people with a pretty thick skin and perseverance. And I'm thinking about doing an episode actually in my show about traits of entrepreneurial kids. Yeah. And even before I did anything entrepreneurial, I knew I had perseverance because um, like we go and build a tree house in our garden and my brother would get bored and he'd give up after a couple of days and then I'd be out there for weeks until it was done. Yeah. And I just, I have to see stuff through. And I think that's one of the greatest assets you can have as an entrepreneur, because as I alluded to with my friends, I think 99% of people just give up on stuff way too easily. Yeah. I've definitely seen that throughout my school career about people giving up really, really easily. And I've kind of realized over the past five years and more looking back that I've always been quite resilient. And a lot of the time I've always had to make the hard decision in my life, which positively impacted me and my siblings Mm -hmm. so you've spoke a lot about um obviously always knowing that you had those entrepreneurial tendencies is it only on reflection that you realize or have you always known in your head from when you were very young i i think i've always known but I, for a lot of years, I I kind of doubted and I had the imposter syndrome and I thought like, I know I want to do this, but am I good enough? Uh, Am I ever going to be good enough? Am I going to try and do it and just perpetually fail and never make it? So yeah, I've had plenty of those thoughts. And even now, like they can creep in. Yeah. Because I I know for me that quite a lot of it, um, well, until five years ago, well, I think it was about five years ago. Um, I didn't really know the word resilience. And so I I was just making the hard decisions for me and my siblings and doing the hard tasks. But I never really put it down to entrepreneurship. Mm-hmm. It's only quite recent as I've learned more and more about business that I've realized that actually these skills are transferable. Yeah, they they completely are. And I think it's good to keep an eye out for them in life. Yeah. Is there a particular moment for you um, from when you started your business? It's taking a completely different turn um, that you thought back to your childhood and you thought, wow, I'm actually going to make it. Yeah, a few. And I wasn't always right. (laughs) <laughs> so um i think when i started hitting over like a million um visitors on my blog yeah i thought well that, that must mean success is guaranteed but then i learned that most of those visitors were fleeting and didn't care enough and didn't have enough engagement to give me a viable long-term business model yeah. um 
I remember I was very badly burnt in business, uh, which unfortunately I can't talk about in too much detail. But before that happened, I thought, oh, I've totally made it. My future set. I actually was out celebrating with family that I'm going to be okay in life and then then got screwed over pretty badly. Uh, so that didn't play out. Uh, and then, yeah, with the current business, certainly I've had a lot of moments of, yes, we're all set. This thing's going like a rocket. But equally, I've had days and weeks and months of, um, you know, it's a struggle or are things going the wrong way or how's it all going to end and, and just sheer uncertainty. Yeah. I'm not sure any entrepreneur is ever going to just be And in fact, if, <laughs> if you are kind of just coasting and you're like, yep, I'm sorted now, life's good. Uh, then you're probably going to become too apathetic. I think you always need like now, even when things go well, I'm kind of racked with, uh, paranoia, <laughs> that's all going to change and go away. I, I think you, you always need that to kind of keep pushing you forward. Otherwise you rest on your laurels. Yeah, definitely. I completely agree with that. And so to tie all of the podcast together and bring it to a close, if there's one piece of advice that you could give someone that wants to start a business or is thinking about starting a business, someone that's listening to this podcast, what would it be? Oh, there's a lot, isn't there? Uh, <laughs> I know my big thing was execution. So yeah, realize that you need to you need to set whatever goals you want, but then you need to reverse engineer back from that and work out the actual work you think it's going to take. And then no matter what, put that work in. So no entrepreneur stuff, no bouncing around in your head, just dreaming about this great hypothetical business that you want to build actually start putting in the work because that's the only way you're going to get those hard knocks you're going to get those wins you're going to get the lessons learned it's just through the doing and not just that but relentless doing i think it's easy to kind of do for a bit and then fall back into busy work or scrolling on instagram when you go into like full-on do mode and virtually everything you're doing is moving the needle in some regard that's a really powerful thing um you know whether you're like your day could be like two hours of pitching clients, three hours of producing content, like two hours going to a networking event, whatever it might be. Um, all those things are probably quite positive things to some extent to be doing. Um, but what a lot of people do is they live in their head and then they're scrolling around on Instagram, just feeling full of self doubt and that kind of thing. You've got to just kind of snap out of that and just go into relentless execution mode. Yeah. <clears throat> that's amazing thank you so much for coming on this podcast just before we close where can people find you um well first of all thanks again for having me gareth i as i, say, I really like what you're doing with the show because i think it's so important to talk about those early years rather than just look at the a-listers and be like huh like you know it looks easy from where where they're at yeah um so yeah really appreciate you having me on um the best places to find me are uh on my instagram which is tom ross media and feel free if, if anyone listening wants to reach out and dm me mentioning that they listen to this episode then i'd be more than happy to help um offer any advice or answer questions totally free of charge um guaranteed and other than that i'm really enjoying putting out the honest entrepreneur show which is available on all the podcasting platforms and youtube where i talk candidly about a lot of um a lot of the stuff that we've addressed today uh, but in more detail amazing thank you so much for being on the show my name is Gareth rafferty we have had tom ross on the show and i look forward to seeing you all next week <laughs>